When was the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair, and settle in with your favorite refreshment. And prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Well, hi, and welcome to all of you who are joining me today. Wow, you're in for a real treat because today our special guest is someone that I know in so many capacities. In fact, um, before we went live, I was sharing with her that I wasn't sure how I would introduce her because um, I've known her for many years and in different um Fields and today, uh, Jude Dankworth is welcoming uh, is welcome to our show, and she is joining us as a mom. So welcome, Jude. Thank you very much. Oh, I, I almost said just a mom, but then I'd have to smack myself on that one because uh, we were no. talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, just just a mom is fine. We were just, just a discussing mom? Yeah. that. Just a mom I know. is fine. It's amazing what just moms do. I know, I know, right? And, you know, as homeschool moms, we've heard it all. We've heard, um, you know, you, you can uh, volunteer for this position or this position because you don't do anything. You just sit at home. And as we all know, uh, there's a lot more to homeschooling than that. And I'm excited about tonight's topic, uh, Keep Calm and Mommy On. And uh, Jude's the perfect one uh, to share this because um, she, like myself, has been involved in the homeschool movement. Um, I believe you you um, very possibly started before I did, too. But very rarely do I meet someone who's, who's homeschooled longer than I have. <laughs> I always, when people ask me, um, I say, I don't give how many years. I give when I started, and I just tell them to do the math. And uh, so it's, it's easier that way. But you're a uh, homeschool mom graduate. Uh, you're your kids are grown up now, and um, you are still, which I love, 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 uh, serve homeschoolers in so many different capacities, and um, you're such a blessing to so many Jews. So, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're doing now. Well, we um, started homeschooling in 89 uh, when I had uh, an 80 daughter, ADD daughter, and back then they didn't believe that girls had that problem. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, so we brought her home to homeschool and then brought the others home and uh, just continued to homeschool. The younger ones never saw the inside of a public school outside of basketball tournaments. So uh, we've been doing this for a long time. Um, Along the way, we started uh, with technology because back in the old days, there were telephone trees and meetings. You had to go to a meeting because if you didn't go to a meeting, you didn't know what was going on. But now meetings are online like this and meetings are in forums across the Internet. Uh, But meetings together, meeting together, we just uh, had a wonderful fellowship with another couple on Sunday night. And it was just so refreshing to you know, actually be in somebody's living room and talking with them, which people rarely do today. But um, so from that, uh, step by step, just a mom took a step, 
started a online forum, took another step, did a website. You know, step by step, God kind of walked us into being an online communication network covering all of Texas. Uh, and we're, you know, talking with over 20,000 homeschoolers every day. And, you know, just spending that time um, blessing people, praying for people, giving advice as, as we knew how. And then uh, just in the last two years, he's been dealing with us about stepping into the quote-unquote real world. So we have uh, made Texas Home Educators a new statewide organization, and we are continuing what we've been doing in that we promote groups. If a group is big and they have everything under control, they uh, you know, not under control, but you know, they've got their act together, so to speak, we'll help promote them to the uh, population at large and to the homeschoolers in their area. If a support group needs some help, they want to do an event that's bigger than what they've done before or they want to elevate an event they're doing, we'll partner with them and we will help their organization uh, in um, getting the resources and, of course, we promote. And then we also provide. There's so many groups now that are fluid. When we started, you you know, you made sure you got your corporate papers in and all of this stuff, but now there's a lot of very fluid groups with meetup groups, park day groups. Uh, you know, we're going to get together and do this unit study for six weeks groups. You know, so because most people are, meet each other online now, they get together for an event or for an activity. So we can provide an umbrella with our, you know, because we are incorporated, we can provide an umbrella and help them if they want to do something like a spelling bee or a geography bee or one of these other things that need a more corporate structure. So that's kind of what we're doing is we're out here talking with leaders. We're uh, really trying to work with leaders. The new moms, I am so excited mm -hmm. about a lot of the younger new moms that are coming up because they're so dynamic. Uh, they are already super achiever moms, and they uh, <laughs> no, they really are. They, they're, yeah, they a are. New breed. It, it is a new breed, but, but they were trained differently than, than we were, which is a good thing. And uh, so it's really wonderful, uh, some of the people that have stepped up to join our teams, uh, on our uh, director's board and our advisory board, and and I am just really impressed with this new uh, crop of leaders. So we're here to help them uh, as we as they need. We're we're not pushy. We're we're telling them that if they need something, just come to us and ask, and we'll uh, develop it. And so we're really excited about doing that all over Texas and getting new activities available for the homeschoolers. Because you know that's one of the things that homeschoolers um, wonder about, okay, so I'm going to homeschool. Are there any activities around me? And then there's right. the, do I do I have to reinvent the wheel or is it already out there? And because right. uh, I, uh, you know, here, here in Texas, we're having people from California and Michigan, Florida, Illinois move in and they're trying to get connected as you would anytime you move, um, having been a, a military brat, we did a lot of that, and you always have to reconnect. So you just uh, find out, you know, what's available, and then connect, and if, if the 
atmosphere is friendly, which is what Texas is all about, then it's easy to integrate into what's going on and to bless what's already going on because you bring your talent and your uh, your uh, into the mix, and it can make an event so much better because of the talent that you've lent to it. And that's so great that you have a way, yeah, to connect all the moms and uh, have a central place where they can see what's going on. I, I think that's wonderful, Jube, and so appreciate you and the work that you've done through the years and that you're continuing on and, uh, you know, and, and continuing to bless homeschoolers. And I am um, really excited to hear your talk tonight, um, but before we, we launch into that, why don't you give us uh, some, you know, websites or how you would like people to connect with you? Well, the best way to connect is uh, TexasHomeEducators.org, and that is uh, our new website. We're still putting it together. We're all volunteers, uh, so it's not as perfect as I would like it right now. But uh, you can email me at Jube, J-U-B as in boy, E, at TexasHomeEducators.com. I haven't switched the email over yet, but this website is TexasHomeEducators.org. So we are, uh, that's a great way to get a hold of me. Wonderful. Okay. And we're also also on Facebook at Texas Home Educators. Okay, great. And, you know, if anyone listening to this has a hard time uh, getting hold of you, just uh, contact me through this website. or at mommyjammiesnight.com is where the audio will reside. So if you're listening to this on um, iTunes or one of our other streams and uh, want to see our website, just go to uh, mommyjammiesnight.com and look for the audio. You would think at this point I um, would have numbered them, but I haven't. In fact, I just started (laughs) numbering my vintage homeschool moms, and I'm on number audio number 72 when I just started numbering them just because people will ask, well, what number audio is that? And, uh, and it, you know, I don't know. So um, tonight's uh, show is called Keep Calm and Mommy On. So that will be uh, the post that you're looking for or the show that you're looking for. So anyway, um, and one of the things I ask you to do is, you know, support Jube. Uh, she's giving her time and talent here to bless us tonight, so um, go check out her sites and drop her a line and, you know, uh, let her know that you enjoyed this broadcast on her Facebook page and, and let others know as well and, you know, share this audio. We've got every social media button known to man on this website. <laughs> it's easy to share now, isn't it? Uh, it used to be more difficult thing. I was laughing when you when you started out with the telephone trees. I remember those. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. you know. you and then, and and for, Tell them what that is, Jude, because I bet there's people listening that are like, what are they talking uh, about? What are they talking about? We would have a group, and the I took over the telephone tree my very first year as homeschooler. Wrong move. Uh, <laughs> I always avoided so it. <laughs> a phone call would come in from the powers that be, uh, and then you were supposed to uh, call five or ten people, mm-hmm. and they were supposed yeah. to call five or ten people. And so it was like a pyramid where everybody would get called, except, of course, somebody couldn't call or 
they didn't get an answer and they forgot to call back. It was hilarious. And then they, the, the people, I called them the rich people that had fax machines. Then they did a telephone, they did a fax tree and you got a fax and you were supposed to fax it to three people. And oh my gosh, I was so happy when email came around because as, as long as you had email and back then I even beta tested Juno, which was one of the cutting edge email things, you know, you could get free email and then, you know, know what was going on. So that's what we started with was an email forum to let people know about field trips and things that were going on in the world. But you know, those were the times if you if you weren't at a meeting and you didn't get the newsletter in the mail, in the snail mail, you had no idea what was going on. And to mm-hmm. find a homeschooler and then be invited to a meeting because they had to know you were okay before they would they didn't advertise where the meetings were like they do now. Right, because people wanted to be careful and also because the laws were different then uh, depending on when you homeschooled, that you just didn't want to broadcast that kind of thing. I know I remember people were very cautious. But the phone trees did for the most part work, you know, and especially if people, the rich people had answering machines too, Juke, don't forget those. <laughs> <laughs> so that you you could just leave a message and I remember um, getting one and thinking, oh, this is so great because um, – now I don't have to answer it in the middle of school and then get uh, get on the phone. And then that used to be our, our time waster in the old days instead of oh, Facebook. Gotcha. It was the phone. And, you right, know, because, you, you, of course, being in the South, you couldn't just say, hey, Susie, they're having a meeting or there's an emergency meeting or you need to call your rep. You couldn't just do that. You had to see how things were doing, and then you had to – it was an hour. Right. You know, each phone call was yeah. an hour. What are you doing about math? What did you – you know, yeah. It was it was great. But that's – you know, and that's the thing that uh, – that's why I'm just so happy, Jude, that you have continued on because you bring a wealth of information and help to moms. And tonight's session, I'm sure, is going to be fabulous because – you know, you're going to bring this calming voice that, you know, things will be okay, this too shall pass. And uh, so I am ready to hear what you have to share with all of us. And I will be back at the end. Uh, for those of you listening live, uh, go ahead and uh, let us know if you have any questions. And for those of you listening in the archives, you know, again, you can contact Jube or myself. And, um, you know, we are here for you. So, Duke, go ahead, and I will be back at the end. All right. Well, I um, Felice asked me to do this, and I was just going, God, what am I doing? Um, again, because my concern is your needs, and what are your needs? So we were, my wonderful husband went through lots of turmoil trying to get Mommy's Night Out uh, from Redbox that actually worked, because apparently it's one of the most popular DVDs. Uh, the, it lately, and uh, Mom's Night Out was made by a couple of former homeschooled producers. They uh, were pulled out because they didn't fit in to the public schools, so their moms uh, pulled them out, homeschooled them. The age 16, uh, the oldest one, I believe, had uh, a production company and uh, then went to college all uh, in film, and then uh, they got to work with a major uh, film company and that is how they wound up making Mom's Night Out. And the 
the lady at Mom's Night Out, I mean, she, the house is a mess. The kids are writing on the wall. You know, life is in turmoil. Her husband's on a business trip. And, uh, you know, we've we've gone through that. You you just go through those days where you wind up eating bonbons in the closet at night. I mean, you're just like, what is going on? And uh, so she had uh, inside of her cabinet, she had a sign that said, stay calm and mommy on. And I was thinking, you know, so many moms, they don't know if they can make it to the next day. They don't know if they can, you know, not have a moment and just totally freak out around your kid. And... Uh, you know, the, the, one of the first things that you need to accept is there is no mom that is perfect. Um, my husband left his family's house because he got tired of his mom screaming. And in our parents' generation, screaming was very common. I don't see it as common anymore, but I do see frustration as far as the moms are concerned that you don't know if you're doing it right. You don't know if you're messing up the child with one or two things that you're doing or not doing. And with that, I would like to say that just as when I first started homeschooling, they were talking, you know, there were so many choices. Um, at least I thought so. I had a almost high schooler, so I went to a big convention and was totally overwhelmed with all the choices. And when I sat down with a piece of paper and I started figuring out, there's 52 weeks a year, okay, there's 52 whole weeks, there are 12 years of schooling, so you multiply that out and then you divide it by hours and you do, you know, for the Carnegie units when you're doing high school. And you sit there and you realize that you don't have to do everything every year all at one time. We used to have a saying that when the calendar looked like a bingo card, we stopped. Having four kids, if each kid was doing one thing a week, that week was filled. Um, so we, you know, basically said you get one thing a week or if we have one week with four things, you know, that's, <laughs> we're, we're pulling back. Uh, it got so busy once we, you know, in the, in the 90s and the double O's when homeschooling really has gotten big and there are activities everywhere. Uh, there was actually a homeschool mom called Marilyn Hauschel that wrote a book called Coming Home to Homeschool, you know, <laughs> and life gets calmer when you say no. And you say, no, I really do need to take care of getting our meals in order. I, we really do need to sit and do our seat work five days a week or at least four days a week. That's what they used to tell us. Uh, that you should have one day for errands and four days of uh, working in, in schoolwork. So all in all, it's it's a matter of what are you doing? You don't have to do it all right now, and you don't have to do it perfectly. Um, you know, with with uh, our thing, of course, was the museums, and we have health museum and science museum and art museum and child's museum, and so we would pick one each year, a different one each year, and then we'd take one class a month, and that was it. I, we didn't have to do all the museums. We didn't have to do all the activities. Um, 
so you kind of look at it and say, okay, what is really important? Another thing was we shifted with each child. Um, once uh, a child kind of picked what they were doing, the whole family was kind of doing that. Like right now the national basketball tournaments are going on. And uh, believe me, there are families that have picked up all of the kids and gone uh, to Missouri for the tournament. Uh, some families, the mom or just the teen, would go and the rest of the family is at home watching the tournament. But it's important to be there for the child when they have an activity. But realize long-term, I don't know how many of those basketball kids are going to be playing basketball in five years. Some of them will go to college and play basketball, but the majority of them are not. So understand that, yes, it's important to support the child, but then keep it in balance for your family. Uh, hence, some families, the whole family's in Missouri right now, and with some families, they just sent their teen or one parent in the teen to keep the balance in the family. And balance is important. But with all the things that you're doing, realize that you've got a long time, even though it goes very fast, uh, with a child's education to do different things and let them taste different things. We tried fencing for a while or we tried um, uh, some sports for a while. My kids, we did we did the basics and then they didn't like it, so we went on to something else until we found that thing that was their true love. But with a mom, if your child doesn't like something or a child's not good at something, you have not failed. You just need to move the child on to the next thing and find something they're good at. Find something they love. Find where their passion is. And that's what childhood is. Childhood is one big practice time. Okay, they don't fail at, in, in childhood. You can't fail childhood. And a mom has not failed if the child is not good at something. The mom has not failed if the child just totally doesn't want to do something. Um, I had one that did not want to read. She got to the point where we were crying every day, um, her and I, <laughs> and we weren't failure. We shifted gears. We started piano. We started some other things. All of her education became video until she developed enough to where she wanted to read again. Um you kind of have to realize that being a mommy, you don't have to be perfect. The house doesn't have to be perfectly clean. It's not going to be clean. How many people are living in your house 24-7 right now? There will be a time when the countertop is clean, and then it's not. It's usually about five minutes in my house back then. Because once one set of kids was finished eating and cooking, there were the dirty dishes, we'd get those taken care of, and then it was time for dinner. Uh, and my kids snacked along the way. But the thing is that you are good enough for your kids. God knew you were going to be a mommy. He knew who he was giving to you. Did you know that? I mean... You know, he, he puts those kids into you. He puts that soul in you. 
and he knows what kind of person it's going to be. So even if you go, how did I get this child? It's so different from everybody else. Just know that's the child to keep you connected to God because you have to go to him and say, Lord, how do I take care of this child? This child that you gave to me, how do I do this? This child is so different than I am. Or even worse sometimes, this child is exactly like me and I'm going to, you know, they're driving me crazy. Uh, one mother once told me that uh, that children were like little mirrors and they reflect the shortcomings of the parents. If you are in a certain way that your child will be that way, you're looking at this child and going, oh my gosh, <laughs> this child needs to learn X, Y, Z, and that's because I haven't learned it yet either. So these children are there, you know, because God knows that you were equipped to take care of this, that you were uh going to be a great mom for this child. And I need to tell you, uh, when I first started homeschooling and when I first started to be a mom, I mean, I don't care what age you're a mom, that first baby is life-changing and you don't know if you can make it. And when you haven't showered and you haven't eaten, uh, you know, you haven't eaten in eight hours and you haven't showered in three days, you really don't know if you're going to make it. But you do. And you got through that. And you get through each stage. Each stage has its new challenges. Um, parents of toddlers who never sleep and get, you know, all of the mess that comes with toddlers wonder if they can make it. And then the moms of the teenagers go, I remember when my toddler wouldn't do something, I could pick them up and make them do whatever or put them into the car or put them into the room. And you have to sit there and discuss with your teenager for half an hour why they need to go to this event. <laughs> and they, they may or may not get in the car with their arms crossed and their, and their bottom lip out, lip out pouting. But, uh, so each, each stage has its, has its challenges, but you're going to grow because if you go back to the Lord and ask Him for that patience, and you ask him for that wisdom of what to do with your child. And that wisdom can come in a knowing within you, or you will come across something on Facebook, a, a mother at a park, a good friend, or a, web, uh, a, a webcast that will give you that wisdom that you need and you know that that's God speaking to you on how to deal with your child. But you need to know that God loves you and he knew that you were going to be the mom of that child or those children and that he knew that you had the courage and the patience and the wisdom to, to train those children up. Because, you know, we're only stewards of our children. They, You may think they're ours, but they're really God's. And our, I see our job as mom to develop them, to help them love to learn. I'm one of those people, I know I can't teach my children everything in the world. There's too much knowledge. But if I can teach them to love learning, then when they are, I have one in her 30s now, and she has decided on a new path 
So she went. she's going out there and learning that new job area. Uh, because she loves learning, she knows how to go find what she needs. Uh, but think about your children as adults. I know it's hard when they're still getting their macaroni and cheese all over their face or when, you know, they're doing things that just you just wonder if you're going to be able to survive another week. Sit back some time and think of them as adults. What kind of person are they going to be? Do they have a love of learning so even when they're graduated from high school, they will continue to learn, continue to read, continue to search out God's word? I know that education is important. That's why we're homeschooling them. But education is not everything in the world. Education is a part. Education is a tool to get you to where you need to be. And so when you are teaching your children, yes, some of them will go to Ivy League schools and some of them have that passion to do something. I was just talking with one mom. One of her children is in law school. Her other child is starting a real estate investment company and rehabbing houses. Both are honorable uh, choices and both will provide for them throughout their lives. But do you think the mom loves or hates one child more than the other? No, she loves both of them because they're her children that the Lord gave her. So as you're stewarding your child, help them taste and experience various things to find out what they are wanting to do in their life and where their passions are. And know that uh, once they catch on to that passion, then, you know, you're just there. Of course, as they become teens, you're more of a coach than a teacher or um, you're you're working together with them. But uh, anyway, so what I'm trying to tell moms is take a step back, especially when things get intense. You know, take some time off. Go see a funny movie, even if you have to watch it in your master bedroom on the DVD at midnight. You know, just take that break. The other thing I would like to mention at this point is a piece of wisdom that I just came across. You know how we, the big thing, of course, was Mom's Night Out. All the moms get together. I, that really wasn't a lot of what I did because I loved my husband and we were best friends for we have been for now 40 years. When you go on date night, date night is not business discussion night. And I've seen so many dads get to the point where they don't want to go to date night because they're just going to be reminded of all the things they haven't done. We got to the point, especially as we had teenagers, that Sunday night was a business night. So we all sat down looked at our calendar, saw what we were going to do, made made housework assignments, and then my husband and I would sit down and discuss business, bills and children and whatever we needed to discuss. So have, if you're going to have a mom's night out, have a mom's night out. If you're going to, then have a business meeting night. And then finally, have your date night. Remember why you loved your husband. Remember why you got engaged. Remember how wonderful he is, no matter what you're going through in life. 
and we had date night. We got back then it was thirty nine cent ice cream cones at McDonald's. It wasn't how fancy the date night was. It was just getting that time alone um, away from the children in order to just sit and look at each other and go, hi there, how are you? It's been a while, you know, because we're always wearing our mommy and daddy hats. And you can't be good mommies and daddies if the husband and wife hats aren't fitting right. So think about the core is you and God, you and your husband, and then you and your children. So make sure, you know, that's what peace means. I love when I found the uh, how the Israelis view peace. Peace means it's all good between you and God. It's all good between you and those you have covenant with. And then it's all good between you and the people in your circle of life. And that just means that's where peace is. Because there's no strife. There's no aggravations, there's no irritations. There is peace throughout your life. And, you know, and I love the New Testament. It goes, as far as it concerns you, be at peace with all people. It does not mean you're going to be okay with all people. It doesn't mean you're not going to get irritated. But as far as you're concerned, you'll be at peace with this person. There may be somebody in your circle that you cannot have peace with right now. And you're saying, God, how do I do this? It's okay to love somebody and be at peace with them and not interact with them, okay? As far as it concerns you, be at peace with all people. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about was um, homeschooling mommies becoming teachers and forgetting to be mommies. This happens often in the preteen years. As you're, you know, they've got six courses, they've got to get all the Carnegie units in, they've got to, you know, they've got to get these grades in, they've got to do the tests and all this. And you get overwhelmed because, you know, you're pushing the child. And after a while, it seems to be part of your identity whether or not this child makes it into college, whether or not this child gets that scholarship, and it's not. One of the things I suggest when people start working with high schoolers is to sit down with the high schooler and make a plan. Say, do you want to go to college? And this can be revised every summer because a 14-year-old is different than a 17-year-old. But every summer, sit down with them Ask them what they want to do. If they want to go to college, if they have a desire to do something, make sure you let them have a taste of that during that next year. All right, we did an organic farm for a year because our daughter was thinking about going into agribusiness. And after we did a semester on the farm, there was no way she wanted to do agribusiness. We, one, one child learned to fly. Different children learned to do different things. I know a friend her child wanted to be a big game veterinarian. She didn't know how she was going to do that. God brought a part of her church thing was they would house missionaries in the summer. The missionary she was assigned that summer was a big game veterinarian in a um, wildlife refuge in Africa. Her son got to go back with him and explore 
being a big game veterinarian. How does that happen in life? I don't know, but God does. And with that, he learned that, yes, that is exactly what he wanted to do. And he went on to vet school in order to do that. But remember you're a mommy. If your child had a meltdown every time they had to do homework and every time they went to a class they were just totally stressed out, as a mama, how would you react? Now, as a teacher, when you have your homeschool teacher hat on, you're probably pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing that child. But perhaps you need to step back as a mama and go, What's the best thing for this child? Is this one course that important? It may be that important, but is there another way to do it? Instead of just being the teacher and I've got to get you in this course and I've got to get you in this college and on and on and on, how would you feel if your child was going to a school and the teacher was pushing and pushing and pushing and the child was coming home just totally stressed out? So think about it, but if you have talked with your child and said, okay, you want to do this and this and this and this, this is where we're going, this is what you have to do, you line out the courses they need in order to get to where they're going, then when the child says, I don't want to do this, well, then you explain to them, okay, then this is off the table, this is off the table, this is off the table. We had a a rule where you had to do six courses every day. You could pick your courses. Well, we did that for about a month because at the end of the month, you know what course was not done. Yeah, algebra. (laughs) Try to do a month's worth of algebra in two days. Yeah, that doesn't work. So we had to readjust things. And as a homeschool mom, consider readjusting things. There are so many different methods and so many different philosophies Readjust things. See if there's a different way to do things. If your child is not a straight reader and you've decided to do Charlotte Mason, maybe you need to go to a unit study that's more hands-on for that child. If your child is having trouble writing, maybe you need to put them in an art course to get their hand-eye coordination perfected a little more. Some of that comes with development, but some of that comes with practice. And they love to draw versus trying to sit there and do cursive. And yes, I believe in doing cursive for children. How else will they be able to read their grandma's letters? But uh, anyway, so those are just some of the things that I wanted to talk about. Remember, you're a mommy first. God gave you those babies to help with, uh, to grow into people. You're growing people. You're not growing tomatoes. So it's going to take longer than six months or one year. You'll see changes in your child when you homeschool them. But you won't know if you're doing it perfectly until they're about 30 and they are established into what they're going to do for their life. Even in their 20s, I so many moms, uh, particularly homeschool moms, after their child graduates, even if they go to college and they have trouble in college, or they don't go to college and they're not really sure what they're going to do. Or they just they take a, a left turn and you're going, how did my child make that decision? So many of the graduating, completed moms drop out. They don't want anybody to talk to them 
or to be in circles because they, again, see their image as the child's failures or successes, and it's not. That child is an adult. That child needs to sometimes hit that wall of consequence and then change or come back to God. And when they do, they will go on and figure out their life. But it doesn't mean that the mom has to stay away from all of her friends because she is so upset about what her child is going through. When your child is going through something like that, that's when you need your friends the most. That's when you need prayer to help because it's hard. You may think it's hard when your child is failing algebra, but it's another thing when your child is going through something and you have to let them go in order to give them a chance to come back to God. So love each other as homeschool moms, and I really would love to see less judgment between homeschool moms because life has bumps. Life has some big bumps. And you need to give people grace and love to get through those bumps. If you know someone from a long time and you see them go through something, you know they're not themselves. And then once they get their balance back, you can see that they're back to themselves. Some friends are new friends and they go through a bump as they are a new friend and you wonder if this is who they really are. It may be, it may not be. It's more than likely they are dealing with a lot of stresses and they're not, quote unquote, themselves. So I'm hoping that not only will you mommy on, but you'll mommy on with your friends because friends are important. I remember uh, reading an article and it was advice to a little sister. and It was a little sister that just got married and the first thing she said to her sister was get friends. She said the most important thing for a mom is to have friends because your friends are going to have your baby showers. They're going to bring you meals when your kids are sick or when you're having babies. They're the ones that are going to be there through the rough spots. Yes, your husbands are there too. But sometimes your husbands don't understand some of the things. And where today's husbands are much more involved than husbands in the past, um, sometimes it's good to have someone else come in and help uh, while your husband is, is also dealing with whatever stress that you're going through. So that's what I'm trying to let you know. When things are really intense and when things are kind of crowding in on you, take a step back. I know that's hard when you're in the middle of the trial. You know, a trial means being pressed on from every side, like squeezing the grapes or squeezing the olives uh, in a press to get the oil out. And that is a great vision of what happens because I've never been in a trial where it's only been one thing. It's usually I've got this happening, then the kids get sick, then, you know, something else happens, and, of course, and the washing machine breaks down. You know, it just it comes from every side. And so it, you feel like you're being in all of being pressed to get the oil out. 
That oil is the anointing. That oil is the grace. That oil is what will help you get through that, become stronger, and then be able to help others, i.e., your friends who may be going through a trial. So that's another thing about having friends is when a family goes through a trial, it's very hard because the husband and the wife and the kids are all feeling it. But if you have loving friends that can come in and help you during that time, and then when that friend is going through a time of intense pressure, you can help them. So mommy on, you know, you're a mom. I'm still a mom. My children are old. I'm still a mom. I still love them. They still love me, surprisingly. (laughs) They still talk to me. We have fun. We do things together. They are amazing people. And they're people I like. And you know what? They even like me. And I'm part of their lives. And that's neat because in other generations, the parents were not part of people's lives after they were grown up. And to me, that is the best reward for having homeschooled. And I've had them tell me, if I wasn't homeschooled, I would not be the person I am, and I wouldn't be where I am. So there were some decisions that could have been made. When you are really stressed, go listen to someone like Sally Clarkson, Joyce Meyer, or Heidi St. John. Go listen to other positive, strong women that are out there. The Lord has raised up so many women now that are speaking and encouraging and talking. And these ladies have wisdom, and it's just good to do that. I know uh, at church, I hope you're going to a church that is feeding you and encouraging you. But it's good, like maybe every two or three months, go to a conference or go to or listen to a webinar just to encourage yourself. You know, when your teenagers are all PMSing, including the boys, at the same time, <laughs> go in the car, stick in a CD, and listen to, to his, uh, an encouraging discussion. Uh, because you have to keep yourself full because you're giving 24-7. And it's important that you stay full and that you take care of yourself. I know the younger moms are taking much better care of themselves physically than my generation did. Y'all are exercising and walking and speed walking and spinning and uh, Zumba and all of that good stuff. But take care of your souls. Don't get worn out. Don't get emotionally drained. You are needed by the people that love you. And uh, we, I have heard of about three moms that have died in the last three months in uh, a homeschool community and that's that's a hard thing don't run yourself down take care of yourself but take care of your family and love them also that's what mommy on is you know you are constantly giving out you're constantly loving You're constantly planning. You're constantly doing. Take care of yourself. Take care of your husband. Take care of your children. God loves you. He loves your children. He loves your husband more than you do. And he loves you. And there's nothing you can do 
that will make him love you any less. There's nothing your children can do to make him love them any less. Okay? He loves you as much as he's going to love you. So just know that you are loved and you are okay. And that's all I have to say, Felice. Well, that was a lot, Duke. Thank you so much. I really, yep, I'm here. I really um, appreciate it. So the moms in the chat room, there's a lot of discussion going on, and there are some questions here. So let's go to those. Okay. Um, We've decided we're going to use that mommy on hashtag (laughs) on Facebook. (laughs) You know, when we need prayers or encouragement, because uh, there's a lot of sharing uh, about different things. And here are some questions. Uh, two of these overlap, uh, so I'll ask them together. Uh, the first was, what what about hard times? How do you get through them? And the second, um, someone else also is struggling, and she said, um, having trouble with extended family issues, illness, and such. How do you cope with school when those problems are so big? Okay. Um, hard times emotionally, financially? Um, I think they're emotionally, yeah, emotionally. Well, look at the root. Where is it coming from? Is there a person in your life or in your circle that is causing strife? Is there a way to work around it? If it's within the home, you need to look at why is there strife? Are things unorganized? Are things unscheduled? And I have to tell you, I am not, you know, a super or uh, super everything unscheduled person. I'm a very easy flowing person. But there does have to be when you're when you're working with children and you're working with husbands and running when you are running a house, there needs to be menus. There needs to be schedules. There needs to be of some sort. It doesn't mean that if you miss something, let me tell you the difference between a schedule and um, there was another word I used to use. Some moms would say, I have to get up at 5 and at 5.15 I'm in prayer and at 5.30 I'm in shower and then if they wake up at 5.30, their whole day is ruined. My day was set up. When I get up, there's prayer then the shower, then to this. Whether I got up at 5 o'clock or 9 o'clock, we started at that time. So figure out what's causing the strife. Is there a way around it? Is there a way to fix it? If you're talking about financial hard times, ask for wisdom and ask for help. You know, we can ask for help. Right. Um you know, it, it's not—it's not a shame to ask for help. That's why we are the body of Christ. Not we are on our own out there by ourselves. God put us together for a reason. If you need help, ask for help. Go to your church. Do you need counseling? Do you need a food bank? Do you need a babysitter? Do you need a job? Go ask for help. Um, what was the other question? Um, okay, there's a, a several here. I think you you um, answered that one. Um, the second one is, I have two children who fight all the time. How can I have peace in my family with all the squabbling? 
don't know what she's talking about, Jude. My kids were always perfect, not. and yeah, they never. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes not. I, I have to I have to tell you a funny about this. Uh, my two oldest would just go through these times where they did not get along. So one time, they were probably uh, they're two years apart. So exact same birthday, Christmas Eve, because I said I'd never be in the hospital on Christmas Eve again and Christmas Day. So you know there is a God. And you don't tell him that kind of thing. So anyway, um, I put them knee to knee in chairs facing each other. And I said, you guys are just going to have to work it out. So, of course, they ended up giggling and then getting along and then didn't remember why they were arguing. But I would, you know, threaten them again, you know, when they wouldn't get mm-hmm. along that I was going to do that. And, you know, that worked for a while. And then we had to find something else. But, yeah, I think we all go through that, Jube. So what advice do you have? Well, it depends on the age. If they're toddlers and little guys, it's just going to be part of their development. If they're older kids, let's say nine and above, are they using it to get attention? Is this the way they get your attention? Are you paying attention to them? Then there's another question I usually ask, and that is, are you comparing the children? Are you preferring one of the children. So if all of those questions are no, then you need to sit down with them and discuss it. You mediate between them. Find out what the root is. Find out if there is one child that has trouble forgiving or if there's one child that, you know, it could be what we call the pecking order. With chickens and cows, there's what they call a pecking order. There's the top chicken and the next chicken and the next chicken. And sometimes, particularly with the kids in the middle, they're trying to get ahead of the next kid. So this is a normal, natural thing. But sit down and talk with those kids. If you're not preferring one or comparing them, they're over nine and they're still squabbling like that. Sit down and discuss with your children what is going on, why can't you all get along. Um, We had had, uh, a clean and a messy and they were sharing a room, and that didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a clean and so we, messy. <laughs> a clean and messy sharing a room, yes, those are fun. And so, you know, there was a constant problem. So we we had uh, two of them in a room, and then we had all the toys in the other room. So we put them in each room, and we put separated out the toys. So the messy was still messy, and the clean was still clean, and they were both happy, and it stopped a lot of the squabbling. So think about, you know, find out, one, what's the problem between them, and then see if there's something in the physical environment that you can change to help them adjust. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And then, um, let's see, two of these questions, they also overlap from different people. I love this. Um Okay, so the first says, many young moms who come to me for counsel express that during their overwhelming times they feel the kids should be better, would be better off in outside schools. They know in their hearts that this is not so. What practical advice would you offer in order to help them make changes that will get them through the rough bumps in the road and persevere until days are brighter again? And the second person asked a similar question. I'm seeing more people putting their kids or their students into public schools at middle school and or high school. Is it peer pressure or is there some real need to do that? So I think both of them can probably um, be yeah, answered. Yeah, they're, they're a little bit 
they're a little bit different. Okay. When you have a yellow school bus day, it usually means it's time for a break. And I know we just are coming out of a really cold winter. I'm sure park days have been canceled all over the place. And uh, you don't want to see the inside of another McDonald playscape. But, you know, sometimes um, it's just time to sit down and read. Sit down and read a book. We had a big comfy couch. There are there are different ways to teach your children. If the problem is you don't feel like you're teaching your children enough or well enough, then sit down and, you know, it shouldn't be a struggle. I mean, you should not be fighting with your kid every day to school them. Sometimes when you pull them out of school, out of a public school or a private school, they need to de-school. They need to learn that level of learning again. And then from there, they will learn, they will like learning, even sitting down and doing a half hour of math paperwork. They will like doing it because, you know, you've got their favorite subject after their worst subject. Um, so that's one thing. Now, with the older kids, if you're not prepared for the cat years, it's really hard, and you get that struggle of wills because now they want to debate you for every decision. They want to, you know, plus the emotional roller coaster that is part of the cat years. Um, when I say that, children go from calling, uh, coming when they're called to eating it, whatever you give them, to loving to be hugged and cuddled as a dog, as they say. To a cat, they 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 want to try different things. They want to go vegan. They want to do something different with their diet. <laughs> they they don't want to eat what you've been feeding them. They don't come when they call. They don't know why they should even obey you or why they should even say hi to you. They don't want to be cuddled. They don't want to be seen near you. They will come to you when they feel like it. These are the cat ears, and teenagers are different animals. They are t- they have. Now, scientific studies that their brains are totally different. And, you know, moms for generations have known that, but they've scientifically proven it. So a lot of parents are not ready for that. And when it happens, they just they just want peace. And they think peace is putting this child in public school. Um, it will get worse, so usually. So... If you can get over that, if you can work through that, if you can love the child, if you can see the long-range goal, not the hissy fit they're having in front of you right now, then you can get through it and you can continue to teach them. Yes, the subjects are harder. Yes, they do need to have six units a day. Yes, they do need to um, persevere to get it done. You can do it by putting them in some co-ops for a couple of subjects. You can um, really talk with them. Like I said, we had a contract signed. This is what I want to do in life. These are the courses I need to take. Yes, I will do my diligence to get this done. And that puts it on the child that they need to do the work. Um, But, yeah, a lot of parents in junior high, junior high are the tough years. You can ask any teacher. Junior high are the tough years. I mean, there's almost combat pay for teachers that teach in junior high. It is a tough time, but if you can get through that time and you can get through the high school years, usually about 17 or 18 or 19, their brains sort of start 
sort of comes back. They say it doesn't fully come back till they're 25. <laughs> but, <laughs> is that scientific you know, they, or unscientific? No, that's scientific. Is it? Usually, no, usually it. after they've yeah. been away from the house and they realize how hard it is to do their own laundry, their own food, their own washing, and get a job and everything, they'll come back and put their arm around you and say, Mom, let me help you with the dishes. That's when we know they're turned back into dogs. And um, I still have one cat that's in funny. my house. It is, but it, it, it's, it's, they're just different. They think the world owes it to them, and they're living here, and you should be honored that they are in your house. I mean, they are like mm-hmm. little cats. And if you can get through that time and continue to teach them, and again, do something different. Think about the different ways uh, of teaching them. We, uh, we did health over three years. We did Red Cross training. Uh, we did some nutrition training. You know, we did various things that became the health class. There are different ways of teaching kids that you can do it, make it fun, make it memorable so they remember it later, and um, get them through the high school years. Did I answer that? Right. Yeah, did I, I think answer you did. And, points? and, I, and okay. I was a middle school, junior high teacher, and I always said it, it takes one to know one. So I, I think my sarcasm is what what made me, um, you know, really appreciate the kids and my ability to see, you know, the, the mommy eyes where I would be confiscating things and and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And, um, you know, it it, uh, it translated well in school. And, you know, what I, what I, one of the things I um, – say when I counsel moms is, you know, I ask them, you know, what are your goals for homeschooling? And most of them just look at you like, you've got to be kidding me. I don't want to talk about this right now. I just want, you know, some help here. And I think that's part of the problem. Like I had a friend who would say, I I homeschool one day at a time and every day I wake up and I make a decision that I'm going to homeschool. And she did all the way Mm -hmm. up until her kids were in, in high school. And so I, I find that a lot of people that are homeschooling, you know, out of sheer will, if you will, because they know that it's, you know, they want to give the, their kids a really good foundation. And then they decide, you know, in, in junior high or high school, you know, to abdicate that role. And my, my thing, you know, when they would look at me blankly is I would say I'm homeschooling because I care about my children's soul. And I would rather, um, you know, deal with some of these issues now than have to pick up the pieces later. And, Mm -hmm. you know, over and over again, so many um, parents found that it wasn't the best solution for their family. You know, some didn't. um, Mm -hmm. You know, it may have worked for them. But for the most part, um, you know, the kids came back home, and then you've got all those issues to deal with. Um, and, you know, it, it, I think for one one thing now, homeschooling doesn't have quite the stigma that it did. Like on my son's um, baseball team now, he plays for a Christian school. Um, there are five homeschool kids on his team. Uh, there mm-hmm. were quite a, quite a number of homeschool kids on my daughter's team, but instead their parents have, you know, put their kids into that school, you know, which the school does, you know, really enjoy when they do that. And, you know, my daughter has no desire um, to be one of those those students. And so 
part of it is, you know, our relationship. Uh, part of it is, you know, like you were sharing, uh, Jude, understanding where they're coming from. You know, I've got a 17-year-old and a soon-to-be 15-year-old, so you can believe there's a lot of, you know, they're at the point where they want to tell me which way to go when we're driving, um, especially my <laughs> driver, you know. Mom, you should go this way, you know, and do you know where you're going? Oh, no, I, you know, I randomly answer, of course not. I'm just deciding that we're going to go for a pleasure ride. Yes, of course I know where I'm going. You know, and sometimes the gentle reminder does help because I was going, you know, maybe not the, the easiest, fastest, quickest way with season here in Fort Myers. You know, we're bumper to bumper mm-hmm. now. Right. But, you know, it's it's having a, a little bit of a thick skin, like you said, I think the analogy, I have never heard it before, the cat and dog years. I think that's awesome. And it does put things into perspective, like you were even talking earlier about the squeeze, like, you know, grapes being, um, or, or olives being squeezed. I forgot what we were squeezing earlier. But, you know, it's just, you know, going through a press, you get that. You know, it's where you can, you know, barely breathe. And so, um, you know, that these things do help. And a support group is is wonderful. Um, You know, again, Juba, I'm so excited about what you're doing um, in Texas. So, um, okay, another question here, and I think we'll wrap it up for tonight. It says, um, but what if I'm struggling daily to accomplish schoolwork for grades one through five um, and she learns in spite of it? So, you know, the question is, you know, there's there's a struggle here um, to get some of the academics done. So I'm not sure if it's the mom um, struggling here, you know, if you're um, still in the chat room, if you could maybe clarify a little bit or if it's... Um, you know, she said she learns in spite of it, so it sounds like um, there's a little bit of both here. Right. Well, it you know, is she does she have five children that are in five different grades? I are think, there something? I, I you know? think um, I think this is our mom from Alaska um, who has one one child. So, okay, she has um, one. Yeah. And right. Well, okay. Is the struggle to get X amount of worksheets done, or is the struggle in getting the, uh, or, or is the struggle in learning? Is, you know, okay. it might be. Uh, one of the things I did with some of our kids was we did uh, 20 minutes of seat work and 40 minutes of something active. 20 minutes of seat work and then something active. And if you repeat that pattern uh, through the day, you know, you don't have to, you know, I know that some kids are really focused and they will mm-hmm. sit down for two to three hours and get everything done and other children are not. And again, think about, is there another way to teach this other than sitting down doing textbooks or sitting down and writing? Um, see if there's another way to teach it. But okay. uh, if the child, yes, the child is yes, learning, clarification. Um, mm-hmm. So let me jump in. Honestly, let me jump in. There's some clarification here. So she has one child, and the struggle is getting the work done when she says it's time to do school, and she doesn't want to do it, and she's a very bright child. Uh, so ask the child what she wants to do to learn. If she has a very bright child, you may not be challenging her, or she may be bored with the system that's being used. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do do things differently. Um, see 
you know, if if she's reading and writing, then let them do a lot of reading and writing. I uh, my someone was asking me about grammar, and I uh, her, her children were very uh, mechanical and math uh, heavy, and they hated reading and writing and grammar, or rather, they hated the grammar lessons. And I explained to them that uh, I have one that would read everything, and I never taught them grammar, and he, they turned out to be a grammar Nazi somehow. And they just, they correct everybody's grammar. <laughs> but they learned that by reading books. Yeah. They learned that by reading good books. A really good point, Gay, and and that's what I would I would say. You know that um, you know just sit down and talk to your child, and you know it, it could just be a, a conflict of wills as well. You know, um, you know, trying to do school, no, I don't want to. So you have to discern that. But I think Jube's advice is brilliant to you know sit with your child and you know look at what you're doing as far as your academics go. I know, um, unfortunately, some states are a little bit stricter than other states. And mm-hmm. you know, one of one of our moms um, was saying that they have to use state-approved uh, curriculum, um, mm-hmm. but you can still supplement and you know look at that. Um, you know, I had uh, two kids that liked to write and three that really didn't, and that was my youngest one. And yet, I found that one in particular is a great. Uh, critic, you know, while she doesn't like to write, she would always say something to me about, well, this book would have been great if they had done this, this, and this. So I mm-hmm. use that, you know, love of her critique of a work. Um, you know, even when she read our novels that her older sister wrote, I got it back with mm-hmm. sticky notes. <laughs> you know, why did Anna say this? And, you know, Christian <laughs> should have done this. It was really, really funny. I, in fact, at some point we're going to reprint the book and I told her she's going to have to go back through and, and read through it again and give you her commentary. But we used that love in order to get her to write and she was very happy to either rewrite an ending or add a characterization or something. So, you know, it does take more work. Um, and I, I was smiling here. One of our moms goes, we had a bad day today. You're speaking my language. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it is. We have those days, and, you know, again, um, we're here. We we are your resources. You can go to Jude's, um, you know, Texas Homeschoolers page and post a question. You can go on our um, Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network page and post a question when you're struggling, and we would be glad to help you as well as those are the questions, Jude, that just uh, take on a life of their own. Um, Whenever I'm struggling and I ask, you know, our, our mommies a question, they are just such a wealth of information and help. So I love it. Um, and it really does, it does help. Oh, Wendy, sweet, you go, uh, she said those books, the novels, uh, she's talking about the Two Secrets Mystery series, uh, were my daughter's inspiration to write. So that is so oh, great. great. Wendy said, um, We've done this with my 15-year-old daughter, and she's now finishing up her first novel, planning to self-publish in April. And that is so, so great. Yeah, congratulations and, on that, Wendy. And Wendy, when she does publish that book, please put it on Texas Home Educators' fan page so that we can uh, help with the sales. Yes, we are, absolutely. We're definitely help to promote, yeah. help to promote I, I said, what homeschoolers are doing, yes. 
Right. I used to laugh and say my daughter would outsell me at conventions. I think people were just so delighted to see a homeschool student who had written something. It didn't matter, you know, know, what she wrote. Well, it did, but you know what I'm saying? It was, (laughs) they were just so, she had more fans every year. They'd come and have their picture taken with her and they'd want Christina to sign the book and I co-authored it. Nobody asked me to sign it. (laughs) Oh, of course I loved it. I was bursting at the scene, proud mom. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but yeah, and 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 that's the thing with homeschooling that there are so many different avenues that you can take with your children, and it really sometimes it just means going down on your knees and um, you know just mm-hmm. seeking God and asking Him, you know. But uh, I I think that's great advice. Well, Ju, thank you so much sure. again. Give us thank your you. um, give us the websites again so we can find Tex- you. Texas Home Educators. TexasHomeEducators.org, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. We just stepped into Pentagram, Instagram, and Tumblr. A pentagram, I was going to say, oh, no, is that a new one? Not, not that one. <laughs> Instagram, like Pinterest and, Instagram together. Pinterest, yeah, Pinterest, Instagram, Tumblr. But we're, we're more Wonderful. active on Facebook and, uh, and Twitter. So we do answer our, uh, we do answer our messages on Facebook and, uh, and emails also, so. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, you for coming on. Thank you for I having loved me. it and appreciate it. All right. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. I'm so happy you came to Mommy Jammy's Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining us.